Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. Uh, Gracie from Rockland County emailed me and asked me what T word you were talking about, John. We're not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. It rhymes with please don't. It's something to do about Patrick Henry. Okay. Was it a reasonable word? It's freezing in here. Okay. First, let's go to, is that help you, Gracie? (laughs) We're going to go to uh, Charlie Gasparino. He's on the line for us right now. Hi, Charlie. You hear music. I'm in Miami Beach, by the way. Oh, Oh, rub it in, why don't you? It's actually cold up here. (laughs) Anyway, what's going on in the market? It went from plus 300 to minus 300. uh, And uh, something about uh, this. that the governor, well, price of Disney stock went from 190 down to 121. Both houses of the legislature uh, in Florida, and you, you probably voted twice, uh, <laughs> uh, said that they should break up uh, Disney's exclusive or, or whatever. No, non Your ability, your ability to govern privately. They're essentially a private government right. down here in Orlando. Um, you know, here's what I would say about the market. I, I think it's I mean, listen, it, it obviously traded off on, on the Powell comments, right? And I think the market is starting to finally digest that we're going to – we're in a, a higher interest rate environment that, you know, the, even someone as dovish as Jerome Powell, you know, can't preside over 8% plus inflation, and he's going to have to raise rates. And, you know, he's going to be under congressional pressure, by the way, if the Republicans take Congress. If, if, let's just say a year from now we have we still have – very high inflation that he hasn't done enough. Do you, do you imagine what, how miserable his life's going to be before Congress? Uh, so he's got to he's got to like move, and you know, and I think that's going to take the froth out of the market. And I, I think you know, one of the things, John, over the last year, which is which to me has been the scariest part, that Jerome Powell had no clue that by printing all that money. He did. He basically not just overheated an economy that did not need it because we were through basically the pandemic stage of COVID. The uh, Donald Trump gave us one of the best stimulus packages in the world in the vaccines, which might not have been great against Omicron, but they worked against the other ones, right? Omicron, thank God, was a less severe, less severe one, so we didn't have to shut down. The, the economy was open again, but he did that. He just flooded the zone with liquidity despite that, with printing money and low interest rates long after it was necessary. He applauded Joe Biden's spending plans, which also, you know, hyped the economy beyond what it needed. And now you have inflation. And on top of that, you have dozens and dozens of new asset classes created in, in things people invested in that have no substance whatsoever in, in profits or anything like that. I mean, you know, at least the old dot-com bubble you can literally say, well, you know, Amazon didn't have profits at first, but guess what? You know, it had a great business concept. You know, NFTs, I, I mean, tell me what the business concept there is. I mean, really. I mean, so, 
Charlie, spurred by by zero interest rates, and now we are paying the price. And the unwind is is going to be messy, and and it could be. You know, I'm not saying it's going to go down in a straight line. For all I know, tomorrow it's going to be up 600 points. Yeah, but, uh, Ed Cox you know. here, Charlie. There's a saying: Don't fight the Fed. Well, under That's Volcker, true. you knew which way the Fed was going. But which way is the Fed going? I mean, uh, there is going to be a 50 before Ukraine. There's going to be a 50 point uh, uh, hike the next time. And then he, the Fed put happened and he went down to 25. The market shot up. And now he's talking 50 points. Again. Where's it going? Uh, you know, he's, a, he's a, an enigma as a Fed chair. He's very, uh, you know, they're all supposed to be enigmas. Like you're supposed to, you know, they're also supposed to speak in Fed speak. Um, you know, uh, Alan Greenspan was was great about that, but you know, you kind of understood where he was coming from, and what he would do. Uh, this guy is pretty bad at his job, I think. I mean, I, 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 it's the only way to say it, and it's he's part of the incompetence that's in Washington. I mean, here's the problem that the Democrats have: is putting this all together. If there's one thing that looks that, that you could define government as right now, federal government, it's incompetence. It's down the line, Afghanistan. Mask mandates, you know, in the face of declining hospitalizations, people getting the flu, we're going to make people wear masks still. Uh, inflation is transitory, but it's not. You know, I could you know, just stuff that's going, I mean, you know, we're supposed to be flooding the zone with weapons for Ukraine, but we're not. The border? It really well, is an, so, the border. I know I'd leave that out, but I mean, it's just so much Charlie, confidence. Some, somebody said that today uh, in Washington. We got it. Biden has to get rid of the incompetent people in his administration. And there's so many. He's the leading incompetent. Well, that we know, but he can't really get rid of himself. And you don't want him to resign, Charlie. Because what's next? You got something even worse. You got worse. I'd rather have the Easter Bunny at this point. Well, you've got the Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny was more astute that day. You know what's so funny about Biden, what's scary and funny, is that he could have done nothing to be incredibly successful. Yeah, and he, you know he had some weird, grandiose plan. I mean, I don't know who was talking to him, what he was drinking, and you know, who's in this guy's ear. But you know, you know, he wasn't the—he was never the most sort of thoughtful, you know, guy, at, you know, in the world. He was always kind of a mile wide and an inch deep. But uh, Jesus, I mean, he turned out to be far. I thought he'd be at least decent. I, I really did. I, I, you know, it's it's very frightening that he's not. Um, but now, he, you know, he, big, he, big he, moves at CNN. Uh, well, that's, you know, that kind of gets back to Biden. I mean, let's look at it this way. Let's just say you create a business model where you need to appeal to people. You're going to do that by emulating everything that comes out of Joe Biden's mouth, which is essentially CNN. Everything that comes out of Joe Biden's mouth, the woke policies, you know, the crazy stuff about inflation and crazy stuff about how to run the country gets very low approval ratings from the American people, as we know. That was CNN's business model. They tried to kind of double down on that in a, in a sort of uh, an appeal to millennials and people who are cord cutting by doing that business model through a streaming service. And then amid all this, they get bought by, by Discovery. And, you know, people at Discovery like David Bozloff can read a balance sheet. And they're like, oh, my God, what, am I, what are we doing? We just spent $500 million dollars on something that appeals to nobody or declining audience or something that MSNBC does literally on the cheap. You know, they, they have economies of scale with NBC. So they could be 
as left as possible, but they do it without the infrastructure that CNN does. So it's ripe for cuts. And, you know, if you got to, if you got to scale down, you know, they, they promised shareholders on this deal, $4 billion of savings. You, you kind of look for low hanging fruit. Trust me, CNN plus is pretty low hanging. And, you know, I say this, not as somebody that this, I have friends that work there. I don't want to see anybody be out of work, but it was a very ill-conceived project. And, um, you know, I guess what was going on when they created it, they thought somehow they could tap into, you know, maybe that Trump anger would would be everlasting, that they could, you know, get some of that some of that juice that they got early in the Trump years. But that's kind of gone. I mean, you know, if you think about it, you know, people have moved on. I mean, I, I think Donald has moved on. You know, what about Charlie, Charlie talking talking about unemployed? What happens to Chris Wallace now? I know he left know Fox upset. taking shots at Fox as he went over to CNN Plus. When you go woke, well, you go broke. When are people going you know, to learn? I, you know, I think Chris Wallace will land, right? He'll probably get Chris Cuomo's spot. At least that's what I'm reading, and that makes sense. I, I, I have no idea. I, I I have no contact with Chris Wallace, and I'm not asked. But I mean. You know, it just, uh, I mean, does he really need to work? I mean, he's been in this business forever. He's, I'm sure he's wealthy. I mean, some of this is like he went to do, I mean, if you listen to him or what he said, if you take him at face value, he went to try something kind of radically different with his career, you know, uh, an online service that you could do softer interviews and stuff and not be in a daily grind. And, you know, he got paid for it. Listen, they got to pay him, right? Yep. You're going to pay him out. I mean, if, you, if I'm him, I'm like, you got to pay me. We're going to let you get back. We're going to let Judge, you had a question? Yeah, Charlie, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. What's going on with it's Musk in the Twitter fight? Um, listen, I think the ball's in his court. And here's the one thing I will say. You know, people are going to line up. The, the business media hates Musk. They think he's too conservative, right, the mainstream media. They're, they're going to say all this stuff about him being crazy and this and that. Here's the bottom line. Twitter's been trying to sell itself for you know, since it was IPO'd in 2013, it IPO'd. The insider price was 29. It, I think it settled the first day at 46 or something like that. That's about where it was before Musk's bid. So it created no, almost no shareholder value in, in almost 10 years. If his bid is real, which he's got money now back, back in it, it's almost illegal to say no to it. It's a breach of fiduciary duty. If it's real money, it's... How do you say no? Now, they may come back and say, well, the stock traded at 73 last summer. But, you know, it's not going to reach that again. That was all Fed pumping the market up. Remember, last summer, all stocks were going nuts, right, because Jerome Powell had his foot on the gas. That, that's, those days are over. This thing is going back to where it was, and that might be $18 a share. It makes no money. It's run very badly. <laughs> it, it, runs, it runs very, very badly. The board is dysfunctional, according to Jack Dorsey, the ex-CEO. I don't know. What else do you want to say? He, and, and it, but you know what's great about Elon? He's saying, listen, I'm taking it private. I'm going to pay you. You're going to get some money out of this, you, the shareholder, and then you're done with it. It's, my, it's, it's on me and, and my and Well, my the other breaking news, I mean, I'm sure you know it, is that uh, there's suggestions that uh, he take in some shareholders that want to come over. Maybe. I don't know about that. I, I do know what I broke last week was that private equity was interested in, in a lending facility, like to take senior debt where they have first lien on the assets. But if you notice, if he's private, if this is a privatization, which it is, taking a private LBO, going private, you know, the shareholders are out there. They don't have to worry about this anymore. They got a few bucks. 
move on. And then yeah. the business does great. Move on. Still, move on. Still, still selling. Move on. Yeah, uh, I'm going to let you get back to your Miami. Uh, you sound like you're at the pool. And go I take am. a go go take a jump in the pool for me. And uh, God bless you. Enjoy, enjoy, and uh, we'll see you when you get back to New York. There are beautiful sights here in Miami. Trust me on this. I'm, I'm, I, can Im- I can imagine. I can imagine. Let's take a break, right. and we'll be right back. Thank you, Charlie.